I'm Caddy. And I'm Bailey. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club and you're invited. Yeah! Yeah. We'd like to take this time to acknowledge that the studio where we record is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands that we occupy are not our own and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land that you live on and the Indigenous communities of the area. Thing that feels particularly like important about that today is the everyday thing considering that yesterday we had our first national day for truth and reconciliation and I think it's very important that in the wake of that we remember that it's not just a thing we do once a year and forget about the rest of the year 100 percent um so this week folks we had the pleasure of reading the Success of the Summer, Blackout, um, which was co-written by Danielle Clayton, Tiffany D. Jackson, Nick Stone, Angie Thomas, Ashley Woodfolk, and Nicola Uton. It was an experience. It was, it was quite the experience. To give a broad summary, so um, the book is divided up into chapters that are each written by different authors, and it all revolves around a blackout in New York City. And it is fun. I had a great time reading this one uh, while reading on audiobook. Um, But what about you, Bailey? So I bought this book earlier in the summer um, in hard copy, which I rarely buy books in hard copy. But I was at the bookstore and I was like, I want to get myself a couple of treats. And I picked this one up because I knew it was going to be delightful and very, very fun because of the concept and also because I I don't think I've read all of these authors previously, but enough of them that I was like, this is going to be great. And I was not disappointed. It's, it's very well written. It's very fun. It's very charming. It's, I was saying to Caddy before we started recording, uh, like it's, there's a lot of YA books that are the like ensemble romance centering around some sort of big event. And they're mostly not very good, um, but this is this is an extremely well crafted version of that, and I think it it works extremely well as a book for a number of different reasons, um, and it's just very fun, and the individual stories themselves are super fun, and I just love it a lot. It was so joyful and I think it's important to say that all of the stories center around black love and I think that um I wasn't I think seeing the list of authors had made it pretty clear that it was like race was going to play an important role but Mm -hmm. it made me feel so comforted when listening Mm -hmm. to this in listening to each of the stories I felt myself represented and it felt really good. Um, there's one story in particular that truly uh, hit, like it just, my heart exploded into a thousand pieces. And uh, that is The Mask. 
which is uh, written by Nick Stone. Poof. Dear that Internet. That so gorgeous. It's so good. It's about queerness. It's about, I think that anyone, anyone in a marginalized identity can find themselves there. It's a story of a young football, uh, basketball player, not football. Uh, he plays basketball and um, who is exploring his bisexuality. Hello, no by erasure. Yeah. And yes. to have a young character, you know, who's about to set off for college and who is questioning, but who also feels really safe exploring his bisexuality was yes. for me just, oh, my queer little heart, just it sang the whole time. And it was, yeah, it, it made me feel comforted and seen and cared for. And it's at, it's quite at the beginning of the book, so it's it's also mm-hmm. a really nice introduction because all of a sudden you're like, oh, off the top, queer stories. Like we're gonna yeah. we're gonna be okay where the queerness isn't a problem, you know, where where the idea of like telling my parents, well, they'd probably be fine, whatever, and that's not the issue. The issue is how do I feel about myself? How do I feel about putting myself in a little bit of danger um, by revealing my authenticity to others? And, oh, just I could wax poetic about that one for, like, hours. I loved it. Yeah, it was it was gorgeous. It's the first full story in the book. And it is, I mean, Nick Stone is a brilliant, brilliant writer. We know this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's such a gorgeous and tender story. And just what, what you were saying was making me think of, like, all of the characters in this book, I feel like, are written so lovingly. Which is just, like, it, it's a very loving, tender, beautiful book. A hundred percent. Is there a story that stuck out to you that, like, was there one in particular that that sort of did it for you, or was it a general appreciation? I mean, both. Like, I also really, really loved The Mask. Like, I thought it was written, like, so beautifully and just gorgeously. Um, I also found, I mean, unsurprisingly, the two queer stories were, like, probably my favorites. (laughs) Um, Like, I did also find, and now I'm trying to remember that title, Made to Fit was also very, like, charming, especially... Also, because it's set in this, like, old folks' home, and we have these all these, like, adorable old people, um, and it's just, it's, like, very, like, richly, like, the characters in that one are just so fun, and I love, like, the scheming, matchmaking old folks, and also, like, we get we get happy black and queer elders in love, too, in this, in this story, which is gorgeous. It's something we... It's something we don't see. Yeah. I don't I don't have an image of happy older black queers in relationships. Like yeah. unless I'm thinking Bette Porter in the L word, but I don't think she counts. She's not really an elder, but she kind of is. But that's yeah. so important. That representation is so gorgeous and again in this in that story as well, the queerness is not the issue. So it really mm-hmm. is like taking yeah. this perception that like queerness and blackness are somehow incompatible because 
you know, identity clashes and and all of that. It's it's all of a sudden it's celebrating that these things come together and that they've always been there and that they are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And when they meet and and oh, I love it. Yes, a hundred percent. More black queer stories, please. It's it's so gorgeous. Um, the other, I mean, again, I loved all of them. Another one that I just really enjoyed, partially because it surprised me in a really fun way, is again, I do not remember the titles of any of the eventual individual stories. No Sleep Till Brooklyn, so Andy yes. Thomas's story. Um, I also really, really love, and warning, I'm going to spoil it very slightly. So it is, um, unlike all of the other stories, which are about people getting back together, this is actually the story of a breakup. Um, and But it's just, it's really beautiful. Like, we start out, um, you know, with the main characters in this relationship, but also kind of has a crush on somebody else and doesn't know you know what to do with it and so you think it's either going to be like a reconciling story or a like love triangle story um but it ends up being you know she gets she gets some advice from from an older black man who is who is also the father of one of the other characters so that's fun um and and so it the story ends with her basically like choosing to spend some time figuring out herself Um, and it sort of leaves it open, like, maybe I will end up with one of these boys, maybe I won't, but, like, the best thing for me to do right now is to spend some time with myself, and I just, I love that we get this in an anthology of love stories. Yes. Um, it's very satisfying, and really well done, I thought. A hundred percent, and it's like the the characters are on the cusp of adulthood and there's mm-hmm. something really impressive about these characters showing so much self-awareness mm-hmm. and also so so much like care for themselves and there's something very mature in that story that i really enjoyed as well yeah. it was really fun it was it was challenging at times because I was like, yeah. okay, like give me give me the reward that I I feel like I have earned as a reader. Like, come on, just give me the cheese. But at the same time, it is deeply satisfying because in the yeah. in love stories, the story of self love is one that echoes, I think, with everyone. Mm-hmm. Like I'd like to think that most people have at some point struggled or 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 faltered or just questioned, you know, the mm-hmm. notion of of caring for self and loving self and and it was so well done. Just yeah. this choosing, this this very clear choosing and awareness that like, hey, my life doesn't end because I'm finishing high school. Yeah. Uh, my life doesn't like I have a life ahead of me, and I choose me. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that yeah. is like that's a that's a very powerful message that our friend uh, friend of the podcast Angie Thomas I've decided <laughs> friend of everyone who wrote this book is a friend of the <laughs> podcast and I love them and I want them to be my friends <laughs> fair uh same um, yeah it is there's this gorgeous maturity about it but also like just I think that even even well-written love stories that are trying to make space I think can have this undercurrent of you know like the the culmination of everybody's story the best and most important thing that will happen to you is partnering up 
Um, and that is like the only acceptable happy ending. Um, and so I really, really just love that in this anthology of love stories, especially an anthology for teens, who I think can sometimes feel a lot of pressure to partner up and to be in relationships and feel like there's something wrong with them if they're not. Um, I love that we get this story that ends in somebody like choosing to be single for a while and to, to spend that time on herself. I just mm-hmm. think it's gorgeous. Now let's talk about structure a little bit. Cause I think yeah. that, um, that is part of what is masterful about this book yes. is that, you know, we start off with two characters going through their own thing and there's a blackout and you kind of go like, great, this is the moment that's going to tie in the every single story. Mm-hmm. But there's something quite sweet that happens where they intertwine all of the stories. Mm-hmm. Like there are characters that are minor and what like that are, yeah, that are, that are secondary in some stories that then become, you know, main characters of other stories. And it really kind of takes you, it takes you on a walk almost, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, now for uh, our listeners, if you hear any purring or meowing, I have a cat sitting on my lap who has decided that I should be podcasting to him rather than to you all. So we're going to make this work. He's a co-host. He's a co-host. He's very handsome. We'll put a picture of him uh, on our social media so that you may all enjoy his floof. But yeah, so in terms of structure, it was really interesting. And to have some stories, like there's a story that's basically uh, a runner. So we get tidbits of it um, as we, uh, as we get through the, 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 the book, the anthology, and that's the long walk. Which is really nice because it's like one story is set in five acts. And that's so fun. Whereas we have other stories that are a bit like more consistent, like in in terms of like it's a story that you can't really break out, break up, like you really want to go through it in one fell swoop. Mm -hmm. Um, But I love that interweaving and it really gave me the the impression of taking a stroll. Of taking yeah. a stroll and just like happening upon different scenes and different life moments happening. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of respect for the work, um, the minute work that went into this book. Absolutely. Like the, the phrase that comes to mind and that I felt while I was reading it is like, it's almost like a treasure hunt. Like you like piecing together and finding all these lovely little details of how the stories are connected. Like you, you read the next story and you're like, Oh wait, this character has been mentioned in another story as being, you know, somebody's cousin or, and you, you sort of gradually piece together how all of these people are related. And then at the very end of the book, of course, they all arrive at the same block party together. But also, yeah, the long walk being, um, like, I was reading the afterwards, and apparently that wasn't, like, an original part of the plan, and then Tiffany D. Jackson was like, I want to split mine up, but I think it's so, it's, like you were saying, it's so, it works so well to have that story um, kind of carry us through yeah. the whole book in a way. Yes, and and the long walk is also fun because it gives us history, like in the sense that there was another blackout in New York in um, the late 60s, early 70s. I'm not going to lie. I didn't look it up. Um, And to see to hear stories of like the parents or grandparents of the characters having been there and it's a it's a blackout that turned into riots and and all of Mm -hmm. that. And it was this kind of 
a mirroring of social contexts and everything and this desire for revolution and seeing how like certain characters in the past, you know, uh, became very afraid of the dark or had different types of struggles uh, going through their, like living through a blackout. Whereas, you know, you see the evolution, these young folks uh, set in today's world have way more privilege and a different, you know, social standing, but are still faced with very similar issues and, Mm -hmm. and all of that. And it's, it's such a good anchor story to take us through it and it gives us an opportunity to really think wider like to really just Mm -hmm. like kind of blast open those mind doors and and just go a bit deeper into what a blackout can represent and what what it can mean to different people and in different social contexts yeah Mm -hmm. I am really excited to hear that this book was picked up by um, Michelle and Barack Obama's uh, production company. And it was it happened very soon after the release of the novel, like a question of days, I think. So it must have been in the work for the works for a while. Mm-hmm. But I'm really excited to see how they translate this kind of this type of storytelling into a TV series or even into a movie. I think a TV mm-hmm. series is more, uh, is, is the way that they're going, but I, I really cool. like that. Yeah. There's going to yeah. be some interesting, interesting ways to, to take the viewer on that, on that really interesting journey while mm-hmm. also enjoying all of some of this, some great dialogue as well. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, oh, that's, I did not know that it had been picked up for for production, but that's very exciting because it will it will be a beautiful, beautiful series or film or whatever. Heck yeah, um, yeah. The like it strikes me sort of as we're talking that like this book is very much like it's it's about like community as well as being about these individual stories because we have both you know how all of the individual players and the stories are interrelated but we do like you were saying get also this beautiful picture of where they come from too like there's a lot of family involvement um in the stories and a lot of just sort of like wider community that's happening that's really really cool Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's also like as an older reader Right. We have like there was Summer of Soul came out this summer on Disney Plus, which is uh, Questlove's uh, documentary about uh, the Harlem oh, street festival, street party, block party. I'm very sorry. That happened, you know, just a couple of months before Woodstock mm. and that had all these incredible black musicians that were there and and sort of this. Yeah, it gave me the same feels as that, like watching like this piece of like history happening. Like there was there's something mm-hmm. from it that I feel like really drew me into that documentary, but it's the same thing that drew me into this story. Like there is definitely like I listened to it on audio on audiobook and I mm-hmm. must say I am now addicted to audiobooks. Well, like, audiobooks are produced well. It's Yeah. So you get good. the southern drawl, you get all of the 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 lovely details of like in um what do you, in uh, No Sleep Till Brooklyn, it's a story about 
teens on a bus ride to New York City and from uh, Alabama, Mississippi, Mississippi. And hearing it read with a Southern drawl was so nice. You know, like hearing others read with more of a New York accent also gives a different type of perspective. There's something... There's, there's something very rich in this audiobook, uh, and, and I, I definitely will try to read it uh, physically as well, but, but the audio experience really, really brings it up a notch. The only thing mm. I think I would have wished for is a playlist, is like a soundtrack mm. to go along with this, because I feel like there would be some really cool underground, like probably queer music as well that like we just have aren't necessarily privy to not being in new york and yeah Yeah, i'd love that absolutely that's like the only thing that's missing for me fair so is the audiobook is it like a different narrator for each story different narrator for each story yes and it's great when audiobooks do that (laughs) yeah and i love that like um Oh, I, I can. I think uh, the the best example in No Sleep Till Brooklyn. In No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Sorry, um, I love that. You know, the dialogue is between like a, a female character and a male character, and the actress changes her voice, and it's so silly because she ends up sounding like a teen boy. Mm-hmm which is so goofy, but at the same time made me feel like she cared about me as a listener so much. And, you know, the person who directed this audiobook as well, like it just, mm-hmm. it's playful. I think that that's what I like about it is that it's a playful audiobook where you sense that, you know, yep, this is a story about love and these are all stories about love and love is serious, but love is also kind of that weird thing that like when you really think about love it's like I'm meeting a person and all the hormones in my body are driving me to like sweat and not be able to speak and things like that um so when when we start when you start really thinking about what love (laughs) how it's represented you know it makes you feel a little awkward and we get that awkwardness. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I was very impressed. And for a first audiobook experience, it was quite delectable. That's wonderful. I will have to listen to the audiobook at some point. Cause I do love like a well-crafted audiobook mm-hmm. um, that like actually enhances the story is just beautiful. Now I have a, a, a very important question, Bailey. Yes. Do you have any wild blackout stories? I don't think so. I am admittedly like very, blackouts give me like off the charts anxiety, but I don't think I've experienced like an extensive blackout in a very long time. Um, I mean, I was a child during the ice storm in the late nineties. Uh, but my my most vivid memory of that is just that we we had heat because my parents' house was heated with like gas rather than electricity, mm. um, and so we were taking care of our neighbor's guinea pig for like a few days, and that was very exciting because I was like six, uh, <laughs> and that is like my main memory. <laughs> Cool, 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 cool. I'm just gonna um, state that I was in high school when that happened. (laughs) 
I am so sorry. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's really fun, actually. I love hearing yeah. that perspective because as a teen, like, it was just nice because I didn't have school. Um, Fair. But I feel like my truly, I think the most exciting blackout experiences that I've had have been um, outside of the city during mm. thunderstorms in the country or things like that and just yeah. having an actual opportunity to see the sky like rip itself open and just like cracks of lightning and like oh that's really exciting to me but I also relate um as a child I was very anxious about blackouts because my parents are from Africa so they were just I grew up hearing so many stories of blackouts and then like waking up and mm. finding like either like a really big like spider somewhere or like you know black a blackout lasting like days and like whatever and it, it just always really made me nervous uh but they mm-hmm. were always super cool about it my dad used to make me um he'd bring out the camping stove when there would be uh when there would be a blackout and he would make us grilled cheese that's a really nice memory about blackouts there you go that's very good yeah my I also remember my dad breaking out like the the camping stove on the front porch during like the ice storm and stuff Oh, yes. Oh, 1998. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't, haven't experienced that many. But, um, you know, maybe, maybe next time there's a blackout, I will, I will think of this book rather than uh, getting terrified about the apocalypse. So There you go. And when you think about it, Bailey, you've, you've made it through a pandemic. So True. pretty badass. Thank you. I think so. I appreciate that. Good. One another thing that I wanted to highlight that I love about this book is I love um, I love the different like storytelling and writing styles that we have in each of them. Like I really like that they didn't try to harmonize that, and that they each have a very unique voice. Like I'm thinking particularly of. all the Great Love Stories and Dust, um, which has a very charming, extremely nerdy protagonist. Um, and there are there are footnotes throughout this story. Um, and I just, I love how the author uses that to, like, give us a sense of the narrator's character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so fun. And then I also really like the last one, um, Seymour and Grace, where we get actually dual narration, uh, which I also find really, really fun. Yeah, that's the story by Nicola Yoon, right? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I actually, there was a part of me that felt like it didn't feel quite as YA as the other stories. Mm. There's like a different type of, but I think that, yeah, there's a different type of maturity that kind of comes out in that story for me, but I thought that it fit perfectly because, I mean, yeah, the books that we've read of Nicola Yoon are, have a tendency to be very, very mature, and it's just mm-hmm. a little shift, and it's not out of place at all. I think that it's a great story as well, um, mm-hmm. and I also really like the premise of, like, a ride-sharer and, and a driver kind of just, like, stuck it's very fun it's it's very very fun um you're right it does have a bunch of more like of an introspective feeling to it you get the sense 
I don't, I think it is also explicit, but like the characters are various ages throughout, but I think these two are both like Grace. I think it's like, she has just graduated high school. So she's, you know, like 18. And I don't know if we know how old Seymour is, but I think we assume he's 18 or 19 probably. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think it just feels like it. I think that what's fun is that because through all of the stories, we get like such a variety of characters. We also get characters, like it's just, the non-monolithic kind of approach to like, hey, yeah. some folks are really deep and serious and intense and some are a bit more light and fluffy and, and not said in a bad way, but they're just mm-hmm. a bit more airy, airy kind of in their way of, of moving about things. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is a great story. It really is a fun one. Yeah, like I I particularly loved how the romance is built up in that one. Like I, I mean, it's like a mini fast enemies to lovers Mm -hmm. uh, which is a trope that will always will always work for me Um, because I find it very satisfying when it's done well deeply deeply satisfying yeah yeah but that that one's very fun Mm -hmm. they're all very fun they really are I think um this is such a fun read for anyone who's obsessed with love stories I think that like if this is it I don't want to be cheesy, but like it gave me chicken soup for the whole, for the soul kind of vibes. Um, mm-hmm. But for like a black teenage soul. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that everyone kind of wins reading this, these stories because it also mm-hmm. kind of democratizes black love, right? There's within mm-hmm. the community, there's so many examples of, you know, of love that we, we don't necessarily press on like we don't we don't go overboard kind of talking about them and things like that but these stories really give us the opportunity to just kind of gush and just get mushy with the feels and you know whether those feels are directed at someone else or at a friend who might be a friend might not be a friend um you know or or ourselves like there is something really lovely there mm-hmm. yeah absolutely it is it is just it's a very like comforting chicken soup for the soul is a very good yeah um in that it's like very like it's not without substance but it's very satisfying and comforting and beautiful and feministy um, oh yeah um, like i think the very clear themes of like well the the it's just a very clear framework for all six authors which i love is yeah. this idea that like you're getting your intersectional yayas out and having a great time parading them around, you know, and and especially for the male characters, I find like mm-hmm. sometimes it can be challenging to portray young men in the black community uh, being both sensitive but also part of a. Uh, you know, deeply ingrained in hip hop culture, which has like a very misogynistic uh, history and all of that. So, so there's something really neat in that. And in seeing those young men, oh boy, oh boy, don't get me started. Like, I love them. I just like some of them, I just wanted to like pinch their cheeks until they're like, kind of like, leave me alone, kind of like young men. And I really dig that. Yeah, we have very, very sensitively, like beautifully written male characters who are very like tender and caring. Another thing I was going to mention, which actually the male characters really tie into because this is who we see representing it actually is 
There's some very tender and sensitive treatments of anxiety in this book. The The first full story, Nick Stone's story, is um, one of the characters is having a panic attack throughout the story. Um, and, 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 and the other character is sort of like noticing this and helping him through it. And it's, it's really beautiful. Um, and then Tiffany ja- D. Jackson's The Long Walk is also the one character is very, very anxious. And, um, and there's, I think like, there's this really beautiful care that's shown to these characters. Um, and it's such like, just a lovely like model of the kind of care that we can show each other and um, the kind of compassion that people can have for each other. And like, this is what we should be striving for. This is, it's just, it's just really, really nice. Yeah. Ugh. If you're not running out to buy this book or download it on audiobook, like really, I I don't know what more to say to you. <laughs> <laughs> It's just very good. It's just very good writing. It really mm-hmm. is. And it's an anthology that is well strung together. And yeah. that's nice. That's a nice little treat that uh, that was offered to us by, uh, you know, all six of these authors, really. <laughs> so beautiful. Like, thank you so much to these six people for taking their pandemic and being like, we're just going to give the world a beautiful gift mm-hmm. of this gorgeous, sweet little novel. Um, yes. And let's name them again. Cause I think it's really important. Yes. Like, cause really all six of them are credited to the same degree. Um, mm-hmm. So blackout by Danielle Clayton, Tiffany D Jackson, Nick Stone, Angie Thomas, Ashley Woodfolk and Nicola Yoon run out and buy it. This is going to be on top 10 lists at the end of the year. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this this is a good one to to jump into and also a really great gift. I think that this will make a great great gift. So, yeah. If you know anyone mm-hmm. who loves love, <laughs> yeah. one of those saps kind of like me, um yeah, mm-hmm. I highly encourage you to run out and grab it. Yeah. This is a hard genre. The like ensemble love story novel is a thing that a lot of, like, big authors try to do. And, I mean, one major problem with all the other examples I can think of is that they are all very white and very straight, uh, which obviously this does not have that problem. But also, a lot of them just aren't very well written or very creative. Um, And this one is just gorgeously crafted and gorgeously woven together. And, like, reading it, I was just marveling at, like, the amount of, like, communication that they must have had to, like knit these stories together and figure out how they all overlap with each other um is just really really cool oh yeah there must have been so many google docs involved in the creation of these stories just to figure out like how to share these lovely characters and how to help each other weave them into stories that's Hey, look, mm-hmm. collaborative work is my type of work. I celebrate it everywhere I go. So way to go to these six authors for jumping together and mm-hmm. putting in that work. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, you know what? Thanks for listening to Yeah! Podcast. If you want to leave feedback, suggest a book for us to read, or just say hi, and please say hi, uh, send us an email at theyeahpodcast at gmail.com. 
follow us on Twitter or Instagram at YaPodcast. And individually, I'm at TheBailsosaurus on Twitter. I'm at Caddy underscore D. I believe it's double underscore D, yes. No longer on oh, that. No um, longer. No longer. I've streamlined it. We're one underscore everywhere. Nice. If you like the show and want to help us make it even better, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can get all kinds of great perks, including early access to bonus content, shoutouts, guest appearances, and more. Head to patreon.com slash yapodcast to donate. Shout out to our patrons, Catherine Reshi, Kat McGuire, Lizzie Tenhove, Chantal Thomas, Maddie Dever, Megan Jane, Emily Patton, and Emmett Cameron. We have merch. Hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get some from the fine folks over at Public. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, subscribing on Spotify, and by sharing this episode with a friend. Any friend, really. Anyone who likes love. Yeah. Friend who loves love. Friend who's scared of blackouts. Yep. Friend who likes good books. That's a pretty good one, yeah. <laughs> Special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. This episode was produced by Bailey Eastwood and edited by Tom Zalatnaya as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Bye-bye! I'm Tom Zalatni, host and producer of the No Bad Food Podcast, a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts or right here on the Upford Network. On behalf of the Canadian people, welcome Welcome to to the Game Game Great Podcast. Gay and Grey Montreal is a new social group for English-speaking gay elders from the 2S LGBTQIA plus communities. So it's a good way to at least connect with people. Members share their experiences, memories, and opinions on our podcast. Welcome to our community. I hope you feel well. I hope you feel accepted. And I hope that you can share anything that you want. This is some of my story. And I hope you enjoy it. Oh, I have a great story. (laughs) 